It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to Gina Gardner Friends. It's such a privilege to be able to invite my guest today. Many of you will be familiar with him because he is also a host on this particular radio station. He's got a wealth of experience, so I'd like to welcome Dr. Alan Leiker. He's acknowledged as one of the leading cosmetic dermatologists in the world. A pioneer in cosmetic surgery, he helped to develop several new technologies and has spoken at podiums worldwide. In 2003, Dr. Leiker was diagnosed with ALS and given six months to live. After fighting the diagnosis, He's here today, I'm very pleased to say, as a result of his courage and determination. Having been given a golden ticket, Dr. Leiker used his experience to co-author the books, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, and the soon to be released, The Secrets of Living a Fantastic Business Life, with Harriet Tinker and Pillars of Success, which would be launching, which was launched in the fall of 2020, with a number one New York Times best-selling author, Jack Canfield. So he comes with an incredible pedigree. Dr. Leica, a huge welcome. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. You know, I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to the show all day. It's just been, it's always such a thrill to get together with you. Oh, thank you so much. And we were talking briefly before the show, weren't we, about how both of us uh, the story for us is is so important about how you approach life. But I'd be really grateful. I know we've had the, the bit of the bio, but really grateful if you could perhaps go into a bit more detail about sure. your story and your golden ticket and what that means to you. Sure. You know, my life changed drastically in 2003 when I was walking with my wife, Lucy, and my youngest daughter at Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. and we were walking along and my wife turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hun? 
you know, I was taken aback, Gina. I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. <laughs> but, but, but Gina, she persisted. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, dear, I don't think there's anything wrong with me. She said, listen to your foot. I, I said, dear, what do you mean, listen to your foot? She said, listen to it. I, I said, okay. And my right foot had suddenly mysteriously developed a right foot drop. Now, in a normal person, your foot is designed to lift up with each step you're taking. That's yeah. why you don't fall on the pavement. But my right foot wasn't doing it. It was flapping on the pavement with each step I was taking. Now, my wife said, did you have a stroke? I said, you're a doctor, dear. I'm a doctor. If I had a stroke, I'd be lying on the pavement saying something unimaginable. Well, then she gave me the ultimatum. She said, when we get back, you better get this checked out. Well, Gina, when your spouse says that to you, what do you do? Well, if you've got any sense, you do as you're told. <laughs> you, that's the exact answer I would have expected from you. The answer is I had some sense. So I got it checked out. I saw dozens of doctors, which led to hundreds of doctors. They did CAT scans. They did brain scans. They even did scan scans. And you know what they showed at the end of the day? Nothing. That's right. Absolutely nothing. The doctors were befuddled. They thought I had a brain tumor or they thought I had a, a slip disc or something they could pin this on. But then there was nothing. And you know what doctors do when there's nothing wrong? Um, I have some experience of doctors not quite knowing what the problem is. Yes. But you okay. tell me your experience. The answer is they do more tests. And more tests and more tests. They stick needles into things. They do EMGs. They do these tests just to do tests. And I think they invented some tests just to do tests back then. And still at the end of the day, there was nothing. So they got together as a group and they said, I'm going to send you to a world leading neurologist. Now, a neurologist is the brain guy. He's the guy that has all the answers to these complex problems. So I walked in and I said, hi. And he said, hi back. You better be sitting down when I tell you this. I said, why? I've got a dropped right foot. He said, no, you don't. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Get your affairs in order because in six months, you're going to be dead. Good God. I said, is there a, is there a way to prove this? He before, said, of course. Before we go, I just yeah. want to spend a moment in thinking about this gentleman's bedside manner. <laughs> the sensitivity of a wardrobe, I would suggest. I, I think probably worse. Probably an outhouse is what he had, <laughs> the sensitivity. It was terrible. And, uh, you know, I shot back, is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. What, I mean, and we're talking about this in very lighthearted terms, but I think... Anybody who's been on the end of a, a, a challenging diagnosis will understand that actually the, the feeling that, that came with that diagnosis must have been pretty monumental. Oh, it was like a slap in the face. It was like he hit me in my gut. And, and I went out and I slammed the door and I shouted at him, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. You know. Glad to hear it. You know, but you when you go through this, Gina, just like you did, 
you go through the phases of death and dying that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote in her book on death and dying. You go through anger. You're angry at the world. You can bite the head off nails. You're literally angry at everything and anything around you. The only good thing about anger is it motivates you and pushes you on. But it's not a happy emotion to go through. You just snap at everybody. And of course, I couldn't tell people that what was wrong. Otherwise, they might desert me in my life. Okay, you go through bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I will do anything if you don't let this happen. But I thought God wasn't listening back then, you know. You go through denial. Oh, there's nothing wrong. I can do anything. Uh, And I'd work 12, 14 hours a day and kept on going. But then my right hand started not working right. It started not being able to grasp surgical instruments. And so I was smart. I trained myself to be a left-handed surgeon. Now, back then, there weren't the instruments built for left-handed doctors, so I had to build the instruments. I'd go to the machine shop and say, could you make this tool in exactly the opposite way so that it would work? You know, scissors are different for left-handed people than they are for right-handed people. I know that that from my sister who is left-handed. Again, I think if you're listening to this, and what I, I... I want to say to you is if you're listening to this and you think that you have challenges, I want you to listen to how desperate this situation is. And when we come back after the break, what the response was to this, because ultimately you're the person who's going to decide how your life pans out. And Dr. Like has got such an important lesson for us all. So don't go away. We'll see you in a minute. It's not too early to talk to your child about drinking. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Before the break... Dr. Like was just explaining how he trained himself to be a left-handed surgeon because his right hand wasn't working and that he had to go and find someone to actually make left-handed tools. Now, there's a bit of resourcefulness for you. You know, that must, the transition from anger to taking action, did you find that helpful? Well, I found it very helpful. It helped to fight off depression, Gina. And I know you probably went through depression. I went through fits of depression as well. I mean, I had dark days, real dark days where things didn't matter. I'd lay in bed saying, why should I get out of bed? It's not going to matter. I'm going to be dead at the end of this anyhow. Why should I do anything? You know, those are the worst things when you go through deep, dark depression. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You can action is the antidote for that but still depression sets in and you know with my prognosis and my diagnosis i was ready to kill myself i wasn't going to let myself die gasping for air like i'd seen people with als did so before i did that i went to my wife and i said to my wife dear what do i have she said i haven't got the faintest idea but you're smart you'll figure it out I said, dear, how can I figure it out? I've seen hundreds of doctors. 
She said, perhaps you haven't found the right doctor yet. That's a very, very um, pertinent comment. Yeah. Well, you, all... you, you know that. You know I doctors. Think... You've been there and you've seen how doctors are so different and how they have different degrees of, doc of empathy and different degrees of knowledge. You know, so that was profound. So back in the early 2000s, something new was invented, Gina. You might have heard about it. It's called the, <laughs> it's called the Internet. You ever heard of the Internet? <laughs> changed the world, hasn't it? Dr. Google. You got it. So yeah. we now have, but back then you used to have dial-on connections yes. to you get on. So your phone would get in a cradle. It would go, ria, ria, ria for 15 minutes and you would get to the other side, but you'd have to communicate by DOS or a primitive language because there were no memories in computers. You couldn't no. do like we do now. No. So my nerd friends helped me get on and they found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado. His name is David Martz. And he had a story very similar to mine, but he got worse much more rapidly than I did. And he was on his deathbed within weeks of his diagnosis. Now, doctors were coming from around the world to say goodbye to David because they loved him and they wanted to say goodbye before he left. A doctor from Texas came up, a Dr. Harvey came up and looked at David and said, there's something wrong with this picture. I don't think you have ALS. David whispered, because that's all he could do at that time. What do I have? The doctor from Texas said, you have chronic Lyme's disease. Wow. You'd be bitten by a tick and it's mimicking ALS. Yeah. And if I start you on treatment, you can get better. Well, David said, what do I have to lose? I'm dying. Yeah. He started him on treatment and within two weeks, he was better. He was like Lazarus arising from the dead. You know, I've heard so many times that Lyme's disease mimics a number of conditions, chronic fatigue, um, uh, lupus, obviously ALS. But if you don't get hold of the right person and the right diagnosis, ultimately you're stuck with what you have, aren't you? Absolutely. So this is a key point for everybody out there. If you have something, don't know what it is, keep looking, keep searching, ask for a second opinion, ask for a third opinion, look for an answer. There's usually an answer if you look for it. You know, I I was working with a friend um, with cancer and we were told so many times there's nothing more you can do. And we pushed and we researched and we discovered a treatment called um, CyberKnife um, treatment, which is a form of um, a form of radiation. But it was designed specifically for brain tumors, I believe. So very, very specific. And it gave her extra really good years that she wouldn't have had had she taken what was said as gospel. And I, th I we wrote a book together, a, an intentional journal around taking responsibility for your own health. But, you know, and I think that's important. You know, a doctor only has so much knowledge and a person might know the answer, but they might be just at one clinic someplace in your country or even in another country and without that knowledge you will never know the answers to your problem 
you know, that's the thing. You know, I found the internet the most amazing places, but it's full of garbage cans. And it's often hard to tell the garbage cans from the great resources. So you got to be careful and you've got to go in with what I call a, a lot of prejudice. You got to go in looking for things, but be also be certain there's people that are ripoff artists out there that are willing to take your money and not really give you anything else. I, that's so important. But for me, and certainly from my own experience, I had to take responsibility for my health. The person who knew my body best was me, and the person who had the most at stake was me. And therefore, I made the decision that I was not going to um, just take things at face value. And I think so many people give doctors the status of, of God really and they're amazing and I don't want to knock doctors and you are a brilliant doctor they have an enormous part to play but just assuming that because they one doctor or even a hundred doctors say it's right doesn't mean that it is right and if you feel that there is something else going on as you say you've got to keep digging until you find the answer Absolutely. And it, it you are 100% responsible for your diagnosis and your treatment. You have to take that responsibility because if you don't, you will not get this path that you want to. Doctors are wonderful. I've been one all my life. But again, it's like four blind men looking at an elephant. <laughs> you know, one looks at the trunk and that's what the elephant's like. Another one looks at the leg and that's what it's like. Another one looks at the tail and that's what it's like. Another one looks at the body and that's what it's like. Remember, a doctor only has so much knowledge and he can't know what he doesn't know. No. Have you ever read the book Blink? I can't remember who it's by, but there was some, some really interesting uh, chapters there about doctors. And it was saying how often doctors, and they, in the book it talked about it being part of the training, is that they will create a hypothesis. And then many doctors will stick to the hypotheses and test until the tests fit the hypotheses, rather than um, looking at the test results and then using the test results to actually come up with their summation of what's going on. It's a really interesting book, if uh, you want to read it. It's talking about intuition and, you know, people's ability to think outside the box. Yeah, that book actually is by Malcolm Gladwell. And oh, well he does, he's written so many brilliant books. That one I do remember particularly. And, you know, well-trained doctors don't try to fit a diagnosis in what they know. They do something called a differential diagnosis. So in other words, they put together a list of the top 20 or 30 things that are there, and then they try to figure it out and what fits and what doesn't fit as a result of that. And that's where they come up with the proper diagnosis. Differential diagnosis is what I was taught. Yeah, and it sounds like a great deal of sense. We're going to go to a second break. Um, don't go away, because after the break, I want to hear all about the golden ticket and what Dr. Leica has been up to since he took charge of his own diagnosis uh, and actually rose from the dead effectively, from the death sentence anyway, um, and became the amazing uh, person that he has become today. So... See you in a minute. 
take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. So, Dr. Laika, you have found... Um, that you have Lyme's disease and you are being treated. Talk us through now what happened and how you made the decision to make the most of your golden ticket. You know, I went to see David Marks and he was the one that told me miraculously that a miracle had happened. He said, history is repeating itself. And he started me on treatment. And that's why I was able to continue at the top of my cosmetic surgery career until I walked away in 2019, just before the pandemic, to help people in other ways, to help people with the books I was writing and so on. So at that time, I, I met a wonderful person by the name of Harriet Tinka. You should read about her in my book because she has a story very similar to mine, yet very different. And we put together this amazing book called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, which is based on 13 golden pearls that everybody should base their life on and use them as cornerstones to help their life get to a higher level to a level that they would have never experienced without that. That's really interesting. Were all 13 yours or were they a mixture of the two? How did you come across 13? Well, Harriet and I would sit together in a coffee shop and we put together the best pearls together. And we actually came up with 20 to begin with. And then we sent the book to our audience and our audience said, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Laika and Harriet, there's too many pearls here. We can't, we, there's just too much here. It's like having the best banquet in the world. They said, could you please just give us your best pearls? We want your, not all your pearls, just your best pearls. <laughs> so we took 13 of them and put them together in our book. And of course, that means we have to write another book with the other pearls in it down the road. But that'll be down the road. That's how we came up with the number 13. So just let people know again, what's the name of the book? It's called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. Two survivors reveal the 13 golden pearls they've discovered. Well, you know, when you look around the world and you see what's going on at the moment, there's so much unhappiness, so many people who are struggling that to find an opportunity to have a, a blueprint of how to live um, a happy, successful, fulfilling life. It's one of the reasons why I wrote uh, one of my uh, bigger books. Ultimately, it's about, I believe, taking res radical responsibility for our lives and for ourselves. And Absolutely. Absolutely. As the common denominator, it's up to us. So are there, perhaps you could just share with us one or two pearls. Well, I'm going to start with the first pearl, which is, Again, it's number one, because Harriet and I thought it would be the most important one. And the first pearl is love. Wow. And I'm going to start it off with the quote that did this. This is a quote that I put together. Love, I believe that dreaming is stronger than reality. Desire is more potent than apathy. Hope is more powerful than despair. Joy always triumphs over sorrow. 
that laughter is the ultimate cure for man's foibles. And I believe that love is stronger than hate, the greatest gift of all. How do I know? I have been fortunate to experience them all. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. Interestingly, I was having a conversation this morning with a, a guy who's known as the kindness pirate. And we were uh, talking about pirates in the golden age where they had a very strong um, set of rules. They were, they, uh, the pirates actually, um, they elected their captain. It was very um, democratic. And for the times they treated each other very well. And we were talking about love in business and how often um, people dismiss love as something pink and fluffy in business. Well, I'd completely disagree because I think when a, a boss demonstrates that they love their staff and they nurture and they grow them, then they can be really um, expect high things of, from them. You talk about love and the fact that you've experienced it and it sounds like um, your life has been in so many ways blessed with love. What would you say to people who are sitting, listening to this, perhaps in the traffic, listening to this show, who feel unloved, who feel that life is bleak? What would you say to them? You know, I think they need to do some exercises to help develop the love in their life every day. You know, I think they should look in the mirror every morning and say, you know, people love you. I love you it's time for you to give some love back. And then every day they should do acts of kindness and love towards others because there's nothing like giving acts of love to get love back. And it truly transcends that situation and makes the life a very, very special place. I've always called these acts of gratitude, not just saying you're grateful, but to do things that are grateful for people. Every day, you should do something that's selfless. And that's how you get love back. You know, I, again, I think our, the way in which we see life and the way in which we support people is very, very similar. Um, and so it doesn't surprise me that what you talk about resonates so richly. One thing I would add to that is that for so many people, ultimately, you're the common denominator you take into every moment of every day, that you are an amazing, unique human being and learning to love who you are, I believe, is, the, is at the real heart of things. And I use that word quite advisedly, that loving yourself and treating yourself as you would a really valued best friend is a great starting place and so yes. many people you know help other people but put themselves at the bottom of the list and they don't love who they are i, I think a strong self-worth uh, uh, understanding who you are loving yourself having a good purpose in life all those things resonate and make yourself loved and lovable and it starts first with you loving yourself. Absolutely. So we're getting towards the end of the show. So tell me, where can people contact you if they want to work with you or know more about you? 
you know, my website has all the information, www.drdrallenlyka.com, drallenlyka.com. And I'd like to offer all of all your listeners a free 15-minute discovery call with me without cost or obligation. Just go to my website. There's the contact information there. And I would love to help any of your listeners that could use some help right now. You know, that's a a brilliant offer. And anybody who is listening, I suggest that you really do take that up. Because you've got one chance at this life. You want the very best for yourself. And the interesting thing is that when you actually choose to make decisions that help you live a a happy and satisfied and fulfilling life not only impacts on you but impacts on the people around you it's been such a privilege to have you on the show we'll have to have you back again because I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about but thank you very much for joining me Gina it truly was my pleasure I, I had you on my show I said I looked at my schedule today and I said oh my goodness I get to spend another bit of time with one of my favorite people of the world I said this is going to be a magical day thank you so much it, I really appreciate it and I've loved uh, talking to you again thank you very much for joining us both today um please join us on the next show. If you'd like um, to let me know what you think, or if there are any themes you'd like us to cover, um, or you want some help, then contact me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinely-u.com. That's Gina at genuinely-u.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.